Hi guys and welcome back to the Medics Journey podcast. We are three A-level students who aspire to do medicine in the future. Today we will be talking to you about vestigial organs, specifically the appendix, the spleen and the tonsils. I am Shinmei and I'm studying biology, chemistry, maths and further maths. Uh, my name is Shivam. Welcome back to another episode of our pod- podcast. Um, like Chimney, I'm also studying biology, maths, chemistry, and further maths. Hi, my name is Patu. I'm studying maths, biology, chemistry. I also want to study medicine in the future. So we know a lot about a lot of organs, such as the heart, the liver, um, the kidneys. However, there are some organs which you may have heard of but you have no clue what like they um the function they have in the body. Um, these organs are called vestigial organs. They are structures that have no apparent function and appear to be residual parts from a past ancestor. Shivam, would you like to start off with the tonsils? So yeah, um, many people, I mean, know about the tonsils, but I don't think many people actually know the use of the tonsils. I mean, uh, we have... Um, I think most people know about removing tonsils because of something called tonsillitis, which is where your tonsils become inflamed and you have to remove them. This happens to quite a few people. Um, But I don't think many people realise that this actually has an impact on you. And I'm going to be going into that later. So what are the tonsils? So the tonsils, as you probably know, you've probably seen them in the mirror. Um, They're at the back of your throat and they're two oval-shaped pads of tissue and you have one on each side, so your left and your right tonsil. And um, they get they get bigger as you grow, but they usually stop growing between three and seven years old. And that's also like a reason why when you get your tonsils removed, it's like normally around that age before nine years old. Um, Shivam, didn't our parents get, because I know my mom got my her ton- tonsils removed, yeah, my yeah, I know I know that um, one of my parents got uh, their tonsils removed. Um, I th- I think yes, yeah, it's, it's not a very dangerous procedure, but uh, I think that was quite a long time ago. I don't think um, yeah. people realized how well. Not I mean they're not obviously they're not essential because people can live without them, but they do have an impact on the body. That they're still useful to the body. Are still looking for. Yeah, exactly. They're still useful. Um, so, yeah, there's there's different types of tonsils, actually. So you've got the lingual tonsils, which are um, located in the lamina propria, which is a collection of lymphatic tissue. At the, uh, that's like at the root of the tongue. There's also um, there's also pharyngeal tons- tonsils, which are located near the opening of the nasal cavity. And there are also, um, well, these pharyngeal tonsils are na- um, commonly known as adenoids. And there's also the palatine tonsils. Um, so, yeah, these, these tonsils, there's like different types of tonsils, which most people don't realize. Um, the ones that you get removed are just one type. You've actually got two or three more different types of tonsils throughout your, like, oral cavities. Yeah. yeah. Is, you know, so are tonsils like, they're just pieces of tissue, like pads of tissue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're actually um, uh, pads of uh, lymphatic tissue. So, in, for those people who don't know, lymphatic tissue is um, 
tissue where lymphocytes can grow and it's um similar i guess similar similar to the bone marrow well i mean in some ways it's similar to the bone marrow or thymus yeah exactly where the white blood cells can develop and so well uh does any do either of you know why the tonsils are actually important to us Uh, i think it's something to do with like the immune system but not too sure yeah yeah yeah, so I've I've actually yeah they've got um an impact on the immune system. I've actually got a small case study to look at. So so every year there's over five hundred and thirty thousand children who receive these um tonsil removing surgeries, and that's to sort of to treat stuff like headache and not headaches but middle ear infections and sleep apnea, and um, so. They actually have removing the tonsils could can actually has long term effects on respiratory and immune system uh, function. So, what actually happens is that in the nineteen since the nineteen seventies, like the amount of tonsils that are removed are decreasing because the people are realizing how like that they've actually got an impact in the body, and because they're becoming their their function is becoming more apparent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people yeah. researchers are realizing. So, um, what they did is they had they had a look at uh, the people who had their tonsils removed against those who didn't have their tonsils removed, and they looked at um, infections, allergies, autoimmune responses, nervous and circulatory and endocrine any diseases or you know, like immune system problems. So what what they found was that there was nearly a triple relative risk of a disease of the respiratory tract. Um, and there's like, there's like massive risk increases for like loads of different things like chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, uh, tract diseases, oh, really? conju- conjunctivitis, all of these things. And like, I guess nobody really realized that it can actually increase all of these different immune problems because the lymphocytes that are in your of tonsils they come across so many different antigens because obviously when you breathe in that's like a, a massive source of all these antigens and pathogens that you're bringing into your body and your tonsils are sort of your like your first response so I guess they're exposed to so many antigens it can help um prevent infection that actually links mm-hmm. to the spleen function I think spleen has like a sort of similar function um, in that it has a like an immune regulatory function in the body, and the spleen removal does have uh, the same you know side effects as um, tonsils removal. So um, here I've got that if your spleen if you if your spleen is like taken out, then you're more likely to develop a, like a severe infection, and this all depends on your um, age, you know your mm-hmm. your age so why do you people other remove their spleens i mean is it because it gets so, inflamed or i think that if it's damaged or if it has a cancer mainly if it has a cancer so if like a benign tumor occurs um inside you know your spleen then you have to have it surgically or benign or malignant tumor then you definitely have to have it removed because it could cause benign tumors can cause pain um, in your spleen, which is actually located in like the upper left part of your abdomen. So 
like on your ribs, on your diagram, uh, diaphragm, sorry, behind your ribs. So it's like, it's like, like right in the inside of your, like your mid midsection of your body. And it, a benign tumor could cause like a lot of pressure to be put onto the spleen. So like a lot of pain and that's why they need to get removed. Um, so like, yeah. Yeah. And for cancers as well, definitely need to be removed. That's the main reason. There could be other reasons. Um, yeah. So, like, they do surgery. Yeah. This is a better option compared to, like, chemotherapy, right? Like, a, a safer option. Yeah. So, I actually did this. I'm researching this in my EPQ. So, because surgery, chemotherapy is, like, much more toxic. Like, he, it has so many side effects. And it can have a really bad effect on the quality of life. So, yeah. That, and surgery can remove, like, tumors in bulk. While, chemo, while chemotherapy would need like three or four, you know, um, uh, cycles to remove cancers. So surgery has less side effects and it's just much more effective. And yeah, less side effects mainly. Um, so that's spleen removal. And so, yeah, the spleen has like a lot of jobs. For example, it has an immune, like immune job. And it has a job like to filter your blood, um, so it it affects the number of uh, platelets in your body, and um, it breaks down and removes like old cells, so like cells that are like past the, you know they've divided enough, they're damaged. Um, yeah, Jim, so, I've got a question. Yeah, yeah. So when you remove the spleens, do you have like are there any direct or like side effects? Yeah, like so I think, yeah, I think I alluded to this earlier. So definitely severe infection because your oh, spleen, okay. like tonsils, does have a very important part, like part um, function, sorry, in producing lymphocytes, which are white blood cells. Um, I think that's... It's, yeah, it's, I actually uh, know a bit yeah, about... Um, you were talking, yeah, exactly. The spleen. Yeah, like I know that the positive selection happens in the spleen. Which is like, so for example, when uh, white blood cells are formed or created from hemopoietic stem cells, like the, when the lymphocytes are produced, what happens? Sorry? Hematopoietic. Yeah, hematopoietic, yeah. yeah. Um, when, when the lymphocytes are produced, they have to go undergo these different sort of tests or like challenges. Well, like, <laughs> I know it's a silly way of putting it, but yeah. there's like these different challenges to ensure that the lymphocytes don't attack either your own body cells or also so they don't attack and um, things that aren't actually harmful so for example like allergies that's what happens so in the spleen as Chime said like the immune role is that positive selection happens there so like they what happens they have like in the spleen there's like a bunch of different antigens and what they do is test the lymphocyte um binding strength to each of these antigens so, so the it's ones like a that testing have... ground for like exactly yeah <laughs> which is quite cool <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah they have like and the ones that have um like high enough inf- affinity to the mhc so the mhc is essentially just like um uh, a protein on every cell in the whole body which recognizes it which makes so sure that the immune system recognizes it as um like part of the human body so not foreign so like for example when your white blood cells are just like 
traveling through your bloodstream like just chilling like when they uh, come across some random body cell if it's got mhc then they know that it's not um foreign. yeah they know it's not so foreign, it doesn't exactly. attack its own cells yeah yeah exactly so, so the, like what, what in the spleen it's like a recognizing happens, system yeah like, they basically test the strength of the the affinity of the um the bonding to from class 2 mhc or class 1 mhc to like bind to cortical epithelial cells or something like that is this your is this your epq like related to your epq yeah i mean it's not directly related to my epq but is it the mooc yeah it's yeah it's my it's part of my mooc and like it's my interest so yeah yeah so i think yeah if your spleen doesn't work properly it may start to remove healthy cells healthy blood cells and this can lead to anemia which is quite a bad disease um, condition, sorry, which causes you to be like very fatigued and tired. Um, so, Batu, didn't you do uh, the appendix? Where yeah. have you found out about that? So, not many people know this, but appendix is like a really small and narrow like tube, like shape that joins at the end of the colon, like the large intestine. So, uh, its functions are like still not like, clear. Well, there's two theories. So one is that uh, the appendix acts as a storehouse for uh, good bacteria. So I mean, so if your body has like some illness, like diarrheal illness, the good bacteria can be released to restore and like restart the digestive system. Yeah. Well, whereas another theory is that the organs come from our ancestors and has a, a big role in digesting tough plant-based food so because our ancestors had to like move around a lot they had to eat a lot of vegetation and different like many different vegetations from like different places so the appendix served as a like so served like, as a, like an organ to digest these is it like enzymes okay. or like a whole new microbiome yeah yeah so i was just gonna ask about you like does that mean that because your is your appendix connected or like close to your yeah, where small is it located? Intestine? Where is it located? It's located in the lower right abdomen. Like, so yeah, I think I mean I'm assuming it's near your large intestine. So I was just thinking, does that mean that because it has so many bacteria, it counts as part of your gut microbiome, right? Yeah, I mean it's like a different like place where it's stored. But does it release I like guess. um like healthy back like good bacteria? Yeah, yeah so when your does, body yeah. goes through like a diarrheal like illness, like if Infection. you have constipation, for example, it can the good bacteria can be released into your digestive system to like reboot and like restart the whole system. Oh, that's quite cool. I've heard that I've heard like in one place there are like so many there sorry, the health facilities are so bad there, like there's hardly any like health facilities that if you want to go and live there, you need to have your appendix removed. Where? Um, like some one place I saw it somewhere. Um, what is it? It's, it's oh, yeah, but, where uh, it, if the it, appendix gets inflamed, it's like really, really dangerous. Oh yeah. Because what if it like bursts? Apparently, oh, bursts yeah. Actually, like I actually dangerous. had a friend who um, yeah. I had a friend who had had what, a, what her name? appendix removed because um it was gonna like explode, not explode, but it was gonna. I think if it bursts, then it can kill you. Yeah, so, but, you know, like tons of bacteria released to your body. Yeah. 
Okay, so people might ask the question like, if it's like useless to our body, why haven't they like gone away or like just left the body? So the main like answer to that like question evolution. is that yeah, uh, yeah. The main answer to that question is through our diet because nowadays we have like plenty of foods to supply our bodies, so there's no really need to remove the organs because you don't need to. Also, yeah. uh, apparently, there's no selection pressures, right? Yeah, exactly. So, also, people with a smaller append- appendix are more likely to become infected, but people with larger appendixes are the ones that survived. And we're more likely to have contributed to our gene pool. Oh, like, that's that's uh, exciting. A couple of hundred years ago. Also, yeah. uh, appendicitis can like uh, happen if something blocks the entrance of the appendix. For example, like a small Gima. piece of yeah, a small piece of like peel, for example, <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Or right. like an upper spiritual tract infection. That could cause the lymph node within the wall of the bowel to like, become swollen. So anything that limits, like restricts the entrance. So yeah. over time, the appendix swells and gets really dangerous. And if it explodes, if it bursts, it, you need to like go to hospital. Yeah, the thing is like you know with like your gut microbiome. Like I'm just talking about in general, like your your appendix, your small intestine, everything. There's like I know there's like like 40 trillion bacterial cells in your body yeah, right now species diversity and there's like is very high there. yeah in your like your gut. there's like 140,000 viral species scattered throughout your gut viral and then yeah viral as well not just bacterial well, viral. Not just bacteria. yeah there's 140,000 viruses in your wow. throughout your body and not all of them are bad they're like they actually help to like um, like absorb the food that's why we're hearing so many words like probiotics and stuff today in today's yeah. society like all these yogurts and yeasts and all of this stuff that has like probiotics is living bacteria and it's like contributes to your gut microbiome because i know micro- that there's one yeah. guy who like had fast food every day for like seven days and he reduced his gut microbiome by like 70 60 percent like he had like for only 40 yeah and it took him like four, 10 years or something to exactly it took him so long diversity to like increase yeah, that oh, shows you something that it, you can't be, you can't replace your gut microbiome. Yeah, you it's can't. just too it's diverse. Too, diverse. too yeah. much stuff in it. Yeah, just highlights the um, complexity of the human body, and um, yeah, how it's it's just so diverse. It's not, not just... many people know about it as well. Exactly, and like yeah, what I can do. About... Like in a previous podcast on emotions, I discussed about um the gut. And its effect on no, sorry, oh, yeah, the, you talked about the gut's the effect guts on effect serotonin, on dopamine, and serotonin, yeah, not dopamine, serotonin, yeah, and it, how it's oh, okay. like 90% of the serotonin. Like, we, I think more people need to know about it because this is, yeah, like, the gut's very important. Because I think you just like a tiny change in your diet is like really sensitive, like, your gut microbiome is really sensitive, so the balance of the microorganisms can be like really upset by a poor quality diet or stress even stress can decrease your diversity of bacteria yeah mm. yeah i mean as you're talk, talking about like with your appendix if it's got so much like so much bacteria then if you're removing it then you're removing 
all this bacteria, I guess, or like all these virus viruses. Yeah, bacteria. but if it's gonna kill you, but you know, yeah, you have then to obviously. Do you know how it kills you? Like, does Actually, it burst or something? No, what the the appendix? Yeah, uh, like if it bursts, like all the bacteria, I think spreads around the body. Oh, I think it says the bacteria it releases it, is released yeah. into the abdominal, abdominal cavity. So it's like so infection spread all over your yeah internal organs, and that's like how you gonna treat that. Yeah, that's really so it's, it's probably yeah bacteria throughout your body, and it releases it causes peritonitis. Yeah, it, yeah, it releases it releases chemicals into the bloodstream to fight this infection. Which causes an infl- inflammatory response. Yeah, inflammatory. Yeah, Sepsis. that's peritonitis. That's peritonitis. Yeah, peritonitis. Yeah, um, which is caused by the infl- inflammation of the. Yeah, peritonitis. so if you don't, you know, if you don't have surgery or antibiotics, there's like h- more yeah, than yeah, half yeah. chance that you're gonna die with a ruptured appendix. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's, um, that's a massive number. Most common treatment for these is surgery. I think that's like yeah, the main yeah. treatment. I think it has to be. Yeah. Like for spleen and appendix, appendicitis, uh, there's a, you can have two different types of surgery. So open surgery or a keyhole surgery. So for Why a keyhole surgery. A keyhole? Why do you so, do a keyhole surgery though? My dad has a keyhole surgery. It basically means that there's literally oh, no scar. It's just three holes and they, they put the tools through the holes and then they um like they put their way through it's with like a safer, camera safer it's like really i mean i guess it's it's less it's got like a like a tiny bit lower success rate it's still successful but it's a tiny bit lower success rate but you're left less with like complications way le- and you can literally go home the next you can go home that same day well you have to like, stay home the same day Stop no way the same day yeah not same day maybe like you, you might have to stay one day like the amount compared to open surgery you have, you have to stay way less yeah open surgery you have to like cut through the tissue so it takes time to heal so yeah whereas keyhole is just like one hole or three holes i think that they go but they're very narrow and they just put the equipment in through that yeah for keyhole surgery they tend to put you on your side and then do the surgery yeah also, in open surgeries, they just do a really large single cut, oh. and they only do that if the if your appendix has actually burst or if access to that it's appendix to is like more difficult. If you have like a lot of abdominal fat. Okay, yeah. So it says it says yeah. here that appendicitis, like if you go to the hospital earlier and it looks like the organ hasn't ruptured or it's not going to rupture really soon, but. And it will if untreated. Then they'll treat it with antibiotics, but they'll only do surgery if it looks like it's going to burst immediately. So, guys, um, just on an ending note, do you guys think that, like, what do you got? You know, like these vestigial organs. Do you think yeah. more can be discovered? Or... Definitely. Yeah. I mean, maybe not like, massive organs, but I think that different parts there'll be... of the body. Yeah, just like cell, like for example, different cells that like we might not have found yet. Different types of things that, I not just that, but stuff that we already know. Like for example, the heart or the lungs, some like massive organs that obviously most people know about. They've probably probably got functions that we don't know about. 
Yeah, I mean, we're never gonna. Everything we has a function. It's just that we don't know about. It. I mean, what yeah. other reason is there for it to be in the body? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, obviously, like, um, you got organs with massive functions, but I'm talking about like, you know, like the really small functions, like, for example, how it might be linked to like this immune cell, just like it might go as it goes to the site where it needs to go, like, it might just drop past this organ or something, and it might like do something important. I don't know, something really small like that stuff we haven't discovered yet, stuff we don't know. Yeah, and it like you know our tailbone as well. So we had tails before right but then really? we evolved oh yeah we all have the like evolution evolved from yeah because yeah. tails like the tails take up too much energy so the people without tails you know spent had more energy like left over to use yeah and i think it's the same with wisdom teeth wisdom teeth are um also vestigial maybe not organs but they're vestigial which uh, means that oh yeah People yeah. think that there's no need for them, but yeah. There's also uh, 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 I don't know if it's an organ, but something called plica seminalis. So basically, oh, yeah. it's a third eyelid. So it's a small fold of tissue located in your inner eye. So it's lo- located yeah. at your uh, tear duct. So it's thought to be like oh, the wow. remains of like. Necessitating membranes found in like birds, reptiles, birds cool. and reptiles. Could this be an so evolutionary it... relationship? Probably could. Yeah. Probably would be. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I mean, with the wisdom teeth, uh, we do we don't actually need them anymore because like wisdom teeth were they they were literally essential for the early human diet, which is like root leaves, um, nuts, maybe meat a bit later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. But now, he, nowadays, he, um, because we cooked food, obviously we advanced, so we cooked food, and so it's soft when we bite into it. So we don't need these. Yeah, we don't need. Wisdom teeth. Um, exactly. Yeah. Sure, I actually have a them. question for you. Yeah. Go y- on. Y- you know how you say like young people, like what age group did you say again? Move there. Oh, tonsils, I think it's like yeah. people, People. I think it grows, it stops growing between the ages of three and seven, and then you get your tonsils removed, like, I don't know, around that time, or like maybe nine. Like, is it better to leave it, or like, it dep- I mean, it, it depends what you're... Are you going to become um, inflamed, or just have a surgery? Like that? I mean, I think, don't, I don't think people remove it unless it swells up. Because if it swells up, it can cause something called obstructive sleep apnea. And it can also cause middle ear infections. So if Mm. I think people only remove it if it causes these things. And then when they treat it with like, I don't know, antibiotics, for example, for like the infection, then it doesn't go away. So if it's long, if I has long, like if it's like more long term with like the sleep apnea and the infections, then that's why people get it removed, I think. But it's still quite like a big number, five hundred, more than five hundred thousand every year. Five hundred thousand, wow. Yeah, so it's quite a lot, and then that gives quite a lot of um people when they're studying the. I mean, that study that I talked about, I think there's like, I think they included so hundreds of thousands of people in that study. Because all they had to do was look through their records. Big sample. Yeah. And they Sorry found guys. all these things. 
think that's it, risk. guys. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening. It was pretty yeah, interesting. That was, that was an interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting. I had no clue what a spleen was. Before. Especially, yeah, especially because this you know, is stuff that pending. not many people know. Yeah. So thank you guys and see you next time. Yeah, thank you guys for listening and okay, hopefully you. you'll drop in next time to listen to our next episode. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay, thank bye. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you.